What's up, everybody? This is Shaheen Hakimi, and you're listening to Live at the Cafe, recorded live at Venture Cafe Cambridge, where innovation is for everyone. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another feature interview segment of Live from the Cafe. I am sitting here today with Aaron Orr, who is the founder of XR Health. Uh, Aaron, I like to start all these interviews with a pretty simple question. How is your day going so far? Pretty good. Pretty good. Chaotic like any other startup, I'm assuming, day. <laughs> and you are the founder of XR Health. Before we even dive into your company uh, and your journey, why don't you tell me a little bit more about your your background, your superhero origin story? Uh, so uh, I'm a, a, a former F-16 pilot in the Israeli Air Force. And the reason why I established this company is that four years ago, I was diagnosed with suffering from whiplash due to the active flight. And during my own rehab, I saw people playing with uh, the, uh, the previous virtual reality headsets, the one that you stick your phone in. Uh, so while I was doing my own rehab, I saw people just you know, moving your, their head randomly. Uh, so for me, the combination was obvious. And today, the company is developing different types of uh, medical applications in uh, virtual reality and augmented reality. Okay, so tell me a little bit more about the company. Um, how long has it been in existence um, and, and what your your stages right now? So uh, I established the company July 2016. And immediately after that, we moved to Boston because of my wife and because I knew, basically I knew that no one would hire me here as an F-16 pilot. <laughs> but the, the motivation to establish the company. Um, we are uh, 30 people now, uh, eight, uh, eight uh, FDA registered applications in uh, basically three main verticals, still around physical therapy motor function, but also we have two other verticals. Uh, one is cognitive assessment uh, and training, and the other one is behavioral health and uh, pain management. Uh, operating in 50 locations, roughly, uh, already. And by the time this uh, piece will be aired, uh, we'll uh, already uh, announce officially that we are a, a certified provider in, in 10 states. And basically, uh, we are now starting to offer telehealth VR treatments with our own clinicians. So tell me what the the product actually is. Is your product the head self, the headset itself, or is it the software, or is it the service? Is it, is it all three? Excellent question. So we're using off-the-shelf hardware. Uh, you can buy mo- mostly Oculus devices that you can purchase in Amazon or Best Buy. And the, the company is a software company. We are creating different types of virtual reality environment. Most of it is games or experiences. Uh, but what's unique about our platform is that every time a patient is using one of our applications and basically playing the game, we are analyzing the patient performance and provide that detailed report to the clinician. The clinician has the ability to modify the entire virtual reality world and even control the headset completely remotely. Uh, and, and basically, the actual game, that's the treatment that the patient is doing. So in two years... You went from inception to, you said, 10 FDA approvals? Yeah, so it's, it's four and eight. Four, four and eight. Yeah, four, so, 
My yeah. question is, do you ever sleep? No. <laughs> <laughs> what was that process like? Because everybody knows that um, sort of just by mythology, how difficult it is to work with the FDA. Uh, had you ever done anything with the FDA before or was this totally um, new to you? I'm, uh, again, so I'm not originally from the healthcare scene, but what I can tell you is that uh, what, what we found is that the FDA and the regulatory authorities are trying actually to push forward for new innovation and new products. The overhead is not with the actual uh, um, regulatory authorities, just by operating as a medical device company and now operating as a provider, that comes with a lot of overhead, documentation, quality assurance, liabilities issues, uh, HIPAA uh, limitations. So just the day-to-day -day activity, that's the main overload that a medical device uh, or a provider need to cope with. So I want to talk a little bit more about the business model. You said that you're a software company. Um, the clinicians that you work with, is this a relationship that you facilitate with the people using your software, or is it something a clinician would independently recommend to a patient? How does that work? Excellent question. So today, uh, basically, patients are being referred to us by their provider or even by their payer. Uh, we are, uh, and, and the audience can actually do that now, go to our website and, and basically sign up. We're doing an eligibility test that the, your insurance plan covers our services and your medical condition fits one of our applications. Uh, if Assuming that's the case, you can go ahead and buy a, a headset in Best Buy or Amazon or we can rent you a headset if you don't want to purchase one. Then you're getting the headset and you're downloading a mobile app that guides you how to use the system. And then we're scheduling a video call where one of our clinicians basically do a remote telehealth VR uh, session and take control over the headset. And after that session, we are making sure that the patient knows how to use the VR and you, the patient is getting like a two-week plan regimen where they can use, the, uh, use our products. After each session, the same clinician that did the, the video chat can monitor the patient uh, progress. And after two weeks, they are doing another checkup video uh, session and, and once the patient is being discharged, they, if they rented the headset, they're just shipping the headset back to us. We are now uh, uh, already contract uh, with four pairs in the mass area. And we are uh, now uh, probably in the next two months, we'll have more than 15 insurance companies that we're working with. So I want to go back to sort of the early days of the company. One of the questions I always love asking about uh, is how did you get your first, uh, your first client, your first customer, I'm not quite sure how you reference them, first patient, um, that you didn't personally know, right? Like not family friend, uh, but just somebody that was referred to your service or found your service. Um, what was that like? That's a great question. Um, so on, in our case, at least uh, it was... Uh, basically a struggle because even today we are still trying to explain people that vr is not just for gaming uh, what we did is that we and we are still uh, spending a lot of time and efforts to create content that will help people understand the potential of this uh, technology 
and basically at the beginning it was a one-off someone read an article or uh, some kind of a paper that we wrote and reached out to us uh, and and now we're seeing more and more people uh, interested in vr because i think more and more people understand the potential that vr uh, have to offer in, in the healthcare scene uh, but at the beginning, it was uh, door to door, uh, <laughs> um, trying to convince people to start using our products. Um, you know, different types of pilots and, and uh, proof of concept. Uh, the the usual struggle of a young startup. A important partner for you, I would assume, are the the doctors, the clinicians themselves. What was the, the reaction that you got when you, even today when you speak with doctors and you're trying to explain the benefits of a VR solution, um, what is there, do you see any technophobia from, from doctors? What's the, the general reaction? So with uh, like any new technology, you will find the innovators, the forward thinkers, the one that can get it relatively fast and, and understand the potential. And, you know, and, and, but you will find a lot of people that still hesitated and they want to see more clinical evidence, more patient satisfied patients, more uh, ease of use. So it's, it's, it's uh, like any new technology that you are trying to implement. There's a curve. At the beginning, you'll find your champions with the innovators. Because they have their own uh, um, incentives, and, and again, they they love the new tech and they see the possibilities. And and in in a lot of ways, we're still there as a company. It's it's not that I can say that four years after inception, we are you know in any in every clinic in every hospital. Even today, we are still working with those innovators. They are just more of those, uh, as 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 I see it. And I don't think I ever asked this, but what conditions are you working with? What what symptoms do? Um, Excellent question. Yeah. Uh, so on the physical therapy side, we are treating whiplash, cervical spine herniation, rotator cuff, basically any upper extremity limitations or injuries. On the cognitive side, traumatic brain injury, post stroke, uh, and and uh, even early signs of uh, dementia. On the behavioral health and pain management, so pain management is a broad, uh, broad uh, uh, spectrum, but um, all the way from chronic to acute pain because of you know different, different reasons. And in behavioral health, we have a specific app for hot flashes, uh, which is very successful, and we have amazing results with with that specific use case. And the idea moving forward is to be basically a warehouse of different types of medical application for a variety of use cases where we are providing not just the tech, but also the service and the remote monitoring and the telehealth uh, uh, package as a whole. And where are you focus, focusing most of your energies now? Are you focusing in Boston in the Northeast? Is it nationwide? Yeah. What's, your, what's your rollout strategy? So Boston is the, the first market that we are uh, rolling out. Uh, all our services and on a large scale, uh, but we are now a registered provider in 10 states already. And the idea is to, uh, again, to uh, hopefully in a year time frame to provide our services and our technology nationwide. 
So you're going to be coming into Venture Cafe doing a session with uh, Melissa Yee, who is the editor of StartHub.org, our sister organization. And a lot of the people that are going to be drawn to your, your session are also going to be interested in doing something in, in this space, in this medical space. Um, I guess I'll start with a, a broad question. What is, what's your general advice for somebody looking to start um, a company that's going to require FDA approval and has such a tight regulatory environment? So I think that the, the good thing about the, uh, this market, and if you want to operate in this market, is there is no uh, things that you, you can't understand, and everything is very straightforward. All you need to do is follow the rules and the guidelines. Uh, so the first step you need to to do if you are if you decided to to have a company in the healthcare space provide services or technology to patients, uh, just open the documents and read because that will affect a lot of the sequences and your decisions moving forward. So again, the the, the nice thing about the, co the the process is that everything is straightforward. And you can know, know in advance the time frame, the complexity, what's you know what you need to do in order to uh, comply with all the regulation. And so that's uh, that's basically the first thing that I would do if I were a, a young entrepreneur. The first thing that I did before even establishing the company is to send a letter to the FDA asking about classification, how they are seeing the product. Um, even before I establish the company. So you need to have a pretty good understanding about what are you facing and what the expectations from you as a, as a, as a company before you know, basically initiating the entire process. You've gone from zero to 30 employees in two years, from zero to 10 states in, in two years. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about how you financed and funded uh, the company over the past two years. So most of it angel investors from the Boston area. Some of them are also from Israel, obviously. And as we speak, we are gearing up for our A round. And and that's one of the major hurdles of being a medical company is at the end of the day, you need a lot of capital or the initial capital in order to get to a point where you have all those milestones. And, and it's also a longer process. Uh, the upside is that as a company, then the barrier to entry from other competitors are higher and the margin are, are higher. So if you need to find investors that are more, they're not looking for a quick wins, they understand the medical and the healthcare scene, understand that it's a long play. Uh, and, and once you have those uh, in those types of investors in your corner, you can uh, strategically plan how to have a, 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 the right product, the right a, a company uh, in order to scale in the healthcare space. Having gone through it, what main advice do you have for people? in terms of pitching, in terms of storytelling, to get those first couple of angel investors on board? Um, I, I think that um, at the end of the day, especially in, in, uh, in the angel uh, fundraising, 
which which we did a lot so angels the the, the good and the bad thing is that it's a basically a, it's a one person decision right and what we found is that people invest in those stages because they have a good relationship or a, a, a good understanding about the the founder or founders and less about the business model and the you know the projections for three years moving forward because no one no one and, and I think angel investors understand that also uh, so one of the my angel investors used to say that every Excel spreadsheet that he got there's only one thing he knows for sure the number will be right. <laughs> that's the only thing you know for sure um, and I think that's uh, you need when you're pitching angels you need to understand that they know that the numbers are irrelevant um, but they need to have faith in you as a founder they need to have faith in the vision and the prospects and the potential uh, and I think it, those are the types of investors that you will be able to bring on board and also will, willing to do the long play with you. Fantastic. Well, I think that your session is going to be a great opportunity for people interested in the medical and healthcare spaces to attend to learn from your experiences. So thank you for, for giving us some of your time uh, to come in to Venture Cafe and, and tell your story and answer questions from other aspiring entrepreneurs. Uh, if people can't make it into Venture Cafe, where can they find you and uh, your company online? It's easy. Just look for XR Health. I'm very active on all social medias from LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. And I'm, by the, by the way, publishing our company progress on a daily basis. And, and to the listeners, I can tell you that even today, the conversation that I learned the most of are conversations that I'm doing with other entrepreneurs. Uh, so if I have one golden tip is talk to other entrepreneurs. Doesn't matter, by the way, if it's, uh, they are from the healthcare scene. Uh, any entrepreneur, uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's a profession. And uh, those are the types of conversation that I get the most benefit of. Fantastic. So I'd like to, to end all of these interviews with two questions, uh, just springing it on you now. So hopefully uh, you can think of something on the spot um, that really, really enforces the, the Venture Cafe credo and mission. So the first question is, what can the community do to help support you and your ventures? And the second question is, uh, what can you provide or offer to the community um, that, that may be looking for help. So the first one is easy. We are looking for ways to spread the word. Like I mentioned previously, we need more people to spread the word that VR and AR moving forward is not just for gamers. It's a FDA registered class two product that people can use in order to improve their well-being and, and cope with injuries or diseases with the state of the art technology. So anyone that hear this podcast and can help us help us do, do that that will be uh, very helpful uh, and on my side is exactly what I mentioned previously I'm any entrepreneur that want to consult that want to uh, have uh, you know bounce ideas with reach out to me I, I promise to uh, spend the time and and uh, and help in any way I can I think that's fantastic I think that's a great note to end on 
Thank you so much for your time, Aaron. I, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for having me. Live from the Cafe is produced and disseminated by the Venture Cafe Foundation, a nonprofit organization striving to better connect the innovation community. To learn more about our events and resources, please visit us online at VentureCafeCambridge.org or come visit us at One Broadway in Cambridge, Massachusetts every Thursday from 3 to 8 p.m.